Welcome to the Sexual Mindfulness Project podcast, where we talk about creating an intentional relationship and how to find joy in slowing down, letting go of judgment, and connecting more deeply with your partner. I'm so delighted to be visiting with Carly Palmer Webb today. She was an amazing student in our master's program, and I was quite privileged to be on her committee as she went through her master's thesis defense. So that's how I came to know Carly and have been impressed with her ever since. But I want to just open this up to you and have you tell us a little bit about what you have been doing since you graduated from this program. Yeah, happy to. And I will say, Shalom, I definitely felt like the privileged one that I got to have you on my committee because everybody wanted you on their thesis committee. So thank you. But I, I graduated with the plan to do some applied research for a couple of years and then go into a PhD program in hopes of teaching and doing research long-term in academia. And then in my first full year doing applied research, COVID hit <laughs> and changed a lot for us and ended yeah. up leading to a big move for my husband and I to a really small town in Vermont where there are no PhD programs. <laughs> Boy, how life gives us detours. Yeah. And you've done great things with this detour. It's been fun. I just decided that I was going to try and find a way to teach until I could do a PhD or move on to the next step. And so started just teaching online through social media. And it's been so, so fun and surprisingly a lot more exciting for me as a teacher than I expected, because I didn't think social media would really feel like teaching and it's not necessarily the same, but I really love it. Yeah. But now you're like this rock star (laughs) blogger, teacher. um, And, and I love how you have used this vehicle of social media to give very simple, clear lessons to people. Thank you. It's, it's a good medium for that. I think people now especially are used to and wanting just little snippets, little bite-sized chunks and social media allows for education to be given that way. So it's been good. Yeah. And you took on a topic of, you know, sexuality that, you know, can be kind of tricky. Yeah. And you have really shared a lot of your own personal values and beliefs along the way so that people who are like-minded can feel empowered and have like a vocabulary or, you know, a template for how to talk about this. Yeah. I've been really surprised at the response. I thought that people might respond more negatively towards me because I call myself the Christian sex educator and I'm teaching within Christian values. And, and I thought there would be more negative feedback, but there really hasn't been. (laughs) So that's that wonderful. Oh my gosh. And encouraging that there are still a lot of people who want to learn about sexuality in the context of the gospel of Jesus Christ and his teachings. Yeah. And how beautiful that, you know, you're really giving people this power to talk about something 
well, first of all, two things that we hold so dear, you know, mm-hmm. our, our testimony of Jesus Christ and our belief that sex is really a powerful way for us to create connection and closeness within a loving marriage. Yes. I want one question that I definitely would like you to kind of explore with me is how does being open about sex bless my marriage? I love this question, Shalom. I have learned from personal experience and now from hearing the stories of so many different Christian couples that openness about sex in marriage enables couples to address the challenges that will inevitably come. All couples face challenges in their sexual relationship at some point. It's kind of unavoidable. But the openness allows for couples to face those challenges and still build the sexual relationship that they're really hoping for in their marriage. I have talked to a lot of couples who are just learning now to be open about their sexual relationship and are realizing that there's so much more potential for joy and connection and love in their sexual relationship that they've just been missing out on because they couldn't quite talk about what they wanted or what they were missing. And it's exciting to see them make some changes. But I think it just, we, openness about it, it just has to be there if we're really going to build the kind of relationships that we want. Yeah, I love that. It makes me think of the word intentionality, you know, just being intentional about setting out on this adventure together. Mm -hmm. And you may not know, you may not even have the vocabulary. You may not even know where to start, but, you know, through great resources like yours and my website and some others, I think people really are starting to kind of wake up to this potential of what sex can be in a loving marriage. Right. Definitely. And they're realizing that it doesn't just have to be what it always has been for them, like that they can make positive changes and that there is more potential for a lot of goodness there, even if it's not something that's been a really joyful part of their marriage yet. You know, and I think that's what's so interesting about sex in particular within our marriages is that it doesn't always go right. Yeah. (laughs) No, sometimes it's a big fail. And that's part of the learning process though. That's part of the, okay, let's step back and talk about what happened and how I feel about it and how you feel about it and maybe what we could do differently. And, and that requires some real humility and vulnerability. And that is what it's all about. It really is. And that those instances will happen throughout your marriage, like not just when you're starting out, Yes, when you're first engaging in your sexual relationship together, you'll still have those moments of like, whoa, <laughs> this, this isn't <laughs> what we want it to be right now or that. Right. They'll continue to happen and it allows you to keep building on this relationship yeah. and learning to be more and more vulnerable. And, and that's what's so beautiful though. Yeah. yeah. I think it's this lifetime of development, right? Because our bodies change. We may have a baby or two that's going to change it. Mm-hmm. Maybe we go through a job loss or a move or, you know, it's just whatever life brings and it changes how we interact with each other. 
Mm-hmm. And so that, again, like you're saying, just keeps creating this growth process that we get to go through. Yeah. And I also think that when we're willing to be really open and vulnerable with our spouse about sex, sex can serve kind of different purposes in these different times in our life. Sex can be really healing when you're going through difficult things and it can be just a fun release when life is stressful or you're really overwhelmed or you haven't been able to spend much time as a couple it can really help in every area of life, but only if we're willing to talk with our spouse about it enough so that we can access those powers, kind of. We can use sex as a tool for what we need it to be in this stage of life or on this specific day. Yeah, so on that point, maybe you would share with us ways that you have been able to create meaning in your sexual life or, or just good tips for doing that in general. Yeah. Well, I think what I was just sharing is a big part of it for me. I think that sex is way more powerful than I ever understood when I was learning about this as a single person who was waiting until marriage to have sex. I knew that sex was good. I knew that it was sacred, but I just had no idea what the potential was in a sexual relationship in a marriage. And I think that a lot of the meaning comes from, I don't know if using sex is the right phrase, because that feels a little odd to me somehow, but accessing the potential for healing and connection and love and fun and romance that sex offers when those things are needed in your relationship. I think that's one of the ways that we create meaning with sex. So if, for example, you're going through something really difficult, either as a couple or as an individual and your spouse is trying to help you through that, I think that talking to your spouse about accessing the healing power of sex and using sex as a way to process emotion and connect as a couple during difficult times, that can make it really meaningful. Using sex when you feel like you haven't had a lot of time together as a couple, either because of work or kids or just anything in life, life is busy and you haven't had time to connect, you haven't been having much fun together. I think you can talk to your spouse and say, man, we need to have a good time. Like. Right. We have some fun and yeah. laugh and just enjoy something together. And then you can try to create this experience and sex can be a part of that. You can create this fun and happy and joyful experience through sex. And that can be really meaningful. And of course, sex isn't always this big production. Sometimes it's a quick connection before yeah. bed after a long day, you know, but I think we create meaning when we purposefully build the sexual experiences that we're wanting with our spouse. Yeah. I really like how you describe that. And I like that you use the word to describe sex, that it can be healing. And I always like hesitate a little when I use that word, because I agree with you um, because I don't want people to think that this isn't going to heal some enormous wound from our childhood or from, you know, a betrayal in marriage, but how you described it is perfect. It does heal 
these little distances that are created in our day-to-day life Mm -hmm. in, you know, going off and pursuing our own individual, you know, tasks of the day. And then when we come back together, sex heals that distance by creating this connection almost instantaneously, you know, very quickly anyway. And it makes so much sense to me that the creator of our bodies would know that this activity used in marriage, used in a loving marriage would create that connection, right? Mm -hmm. He designed us with the hormones and, you know, the different makeup of our body, knowing that if we would give ourselves to each other in this loving way, that this would create that quick connection that we need to maintain this loving atmosphere in our relationship. Yes. I love that. I I, love that idea. Yeah. It's just so powerful. And I think if we can remember that as women and as men, but I think of women as sometimes we get bogged down in the day-to-day, oh, running the kids here and there or taking care of all of these tasks, Sometimes we're exhausted when it comes to sex and we're like, wow, it just seems like one more chore to do. Mm-hmm. But instead, if we can remember, this is, this is the sweet element of creating a relationship and we can kind of relax into it and not make it a big production. Like you're saying, right. just give ourselves that time to be with each other. Yeah. And to let yourself relax into it and enjoy it, even when we're really tired. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It can be something that helps your day feel better. Yes. Instead of something that feels like another thing to check off of your to-do list. Right. There are already too many things on that to-do list. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I have been fascinated by your research. Uh, Since I sat on your committee. And so let me just explain. Uh, Carly did research on shyness, right? So this temperament, you know, variable and sexuality. And maybe you'll just describe it a little bit. And uh, we can discuss that for just a few minutes because I think it was so fascinating. Yeah, it's still something that I'm really, really interested in. But Essentially, I just wanted to look at how temperament, specifically shyness in this case, because that was something that I had studied in the past and my graduate advisor, Larry Nelson, studies that in depth as well. But I wanted to see how temperament might affect the way that people show up in sexual relationships. Yeah. And I assumed that there would be some connection because it's a big part of who you are if shyness is a part of your personality. But I was surprised at how prevalent the connection between shyness and sexuality was even within long-term relationships where I expected that the comfort level that you experience because you've been with this person for so long would kind of not make shyness not a part of your relationship, but might make it less impactful somehow. But still, I mean, our temperament, even in a long-term relationship is still going to impact the way we show up. So yeah. That was interesting. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was so personally interested in it because I was terribly shy as a child. Mm-hmm. And I remember about right around puberty, 12, 13, I just made this conscious choice to put myself out there and to not let my shyness control me. 
But I think what you found in your research was that part of who we are still has some impact in how we experience our relationships. Yeah, definitely. And I think Shalom, you probably made that conscious choice a lot earlier than a lot of the rest of us who (laughs) grew up very shy. But it's true that even though so many of us who were really shy growing up and still have that as part of our temperament, we found a way to interact with people in positive ways and to function in society the way that we need to, to be successful, but it's still a part of who we are. So it's still going to impact our relationship. And I think knowing that is really empowering because the research that I did specifically looked at how shyness might impact how willing you are to initiate sex, how open you are in communication about sex, how comfortable you are having sex with someone. And knowing that your temperament might impact those things can just help you to navigate it with more awareness. I mean, being shy doesn't mean that you're destined to have unhappy sexual relationships. (laughs) It doesn't mean that at all. I'm glad. I'm glad for that. (laughs) It does mean that you might be a little bit more self-conscious initially in being totally vulnerable and open and knowing that can just help you to navigate it with more presence and awareness, be more intentional, like you mentioned earlier, Shalom, in the way that you show up. Yeah, I think that's just spot on that once we know something about ourselves, like some element of our temperament, that's the power to then overcome it, use some other skills, use a workaround. You know, Mm -hmm. I know I am constantly doing that in my own mind, right? It's like, I know I need to go teach my class of 200 students, but I'm feeling a little self-conscious today. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, here you are blogging to tens of thousands of people and overcoming whatever little, you know, hitch you feel in putting yourself out there in such a vulnerable way. Yeah. And it's still something that I purposefully have to work through daily. Like there will be some days where I'm like, I cannot be on Instagram today. I just, (laughs) I'm feeling like I need some introvert time. I need to be by myself and not be in front of anyone and that's okay. But it's, it's very purposeful. And because it's purposeful, I can still build the kind of business and life and relationship that I want, even with some parts of my temperament that might make parts of that difficult. Yeah. I mean, I think that your example is such a good example of empowering skills that help us overcome whatever it is our natural tendencies are. Mm -hmm. You know, we can act and not be acted upon only, you know, that's an important truth that I think we have to embrace every day, no matter how hard it is to overcome, like for you and me, our shyness that is ever present, right? It's not like it disappeared just because we have found good workarounds, right? Um, It's still there. Yes, very much so. (laughs) But I think 
that the agency piece, Shalom, is one of the vital components of a healthy and happy sexual relationship as well, which is a part that a lot of Christian couples are missing because of the way that they've been taught about the role that sex plays in a relationship. And Mm -hmm. unfortunately, there's a teaching in a lot of Christian circles that uh, you should never say no to sex. You should never deny your spouse sex when they want it. And so the agency piece in a sexual relationship is often missed, but accessing our own agency in those relationships is really the only way that it can be all that it can be, right? It's the only way that we can really choose and build this beautiful sexual relationship. So this holding on to and purposefully using our agency, I think is so vital in these areas of acting based on our temperament and in building healthy sexual relationships in other ways. Yeah. I love that. I love that. And I love that you're talking about it so openly and that it's being so well-received. I often have students who will ask me, can I say no? When is it okay to say no to my spouse? And one, I think, good guideline is to think about what your motivation is. Mm -hmm. If you're wiped out and you just don't have the energy tonight or in the morning or whenever it is, just let your spouse know that. Say, you know what? Oh my gosh, I find you so attractive and I would really love to have sex, but I'm pretty wiped out from, you know, X, Y, and Z. Could we schedule for You know, and so give our spouse some sense of, hey, I'm in this with you still and I'm on board, but we might have to schedule this out for half a day and let me kind of have a little self-renewal, right? I love that. I think that that communication also eliminates any risk. (laughs) Well, maybe not any risk, but eliminates a lot of the risk of our spouse feeling neglected or hurt or feeling like we don't care about them. We're not attracted to them when we just tell them that it's because we are exhausted or because we just had a really hard day and we just need a little bit of time before we can really commit to this experience together. I think that can help mitigate a lot of the negative feelings that might exist in that setting. Yeah. And you just reminded me of one other thing that You know, sometimes the reason we don't feel like we want to have sex is because we're maybe hurt by something that has happened in the relationship. Mm -hmm. And I think this is a really good time for us to just vulnerably say, you know, when we had that little exchange the other day, I was kind of hurt by a few things you said, and I can see I've been holding on to it. And now it's starting to impact how I feel about us, that I'm maybe creating a little distance between us because of that. And so there's like the perfect opportunity to clear the air, you know, Mm -hmm. to just say, okay, I can tell I'm not just getting over this. That didn't roll off me. And let's talk about it. Yeah, definitely. And I think that allows for when you do have sex after that conversation, either immediately after or whenever you have sex the next time, instead of one of you that might have felt hurt feeling kind of resentful during the sexual encounter, it can be that connection instead. It can be building instead of there still being some frustration that you're experiencing And sex kind of can shine a light on that frustration if you haven't worked through it together. I love that. Yep. Great. Well, what other words of wisdom would you give us as we kind of wrap this up? 
what have you learned from taking this amazing journey that you have taken and, you know, maybe some truths that stick out to you? I think one of the big ones has to be, I have really grown in my belief that God intends sex to be a joyful and happy and loving part of your marriage. And that it's supposed (laughs) to be that way for both of you, that sex can be so good in a marriage. And the other truth is that it doesn't just automatically happen that way without intentionally building it. Yeah which can feel kind of overwhelming. I realize, especially for couples or individuals who are currently in a marriage where their sexual relationship isn't what they want it to be, or it doesn't feel really happy and joyful and pleasurable, but I really believe it can be with the right information and tools and resources and lots and lots of communication. So yeah. And a good sense of humor. (laughs) Oh, my word. Yes. Actually, Shalom, my mom, when she was in one, she was taking a class at BYU. She went back to school while I was at BYU, actually. And for one of her classes, I think it might have been eternal families or something. She had to write a paper giving advice to her children (laughs) for their honeymoon. And I wasn't married yet. So she wrote it to me. And one of the, her main points was to, of things you should bring is to bring your sense of humor. And at the time I was like, Mom, like that's so big. Can you, that doesn't me? sound romantic. <laughs> is it really going to be that bad? Do I need a sense of humor on my honeymoon? But really a sense of humor makes a sexual relationship so much better. So I love that you brought that up. The last truth I think that I'll share that has come to my mind over and over as I've started to share this information is that sex can build love in a relationship in a way that nothing else can. I mean, sex is just a part of a marital relationship. It's obviously not the whole relationship, but sex requires more communication and more vulnerability than maybe anything else that we do in our relationships. We are physically and emotionally bare with our spouse in a really special way. And because it is so vulnerable, I think that there's more potential in a sexual relationship for love and connection than we might be able to experience in any other relationship in our life. And so I am working personally and trying to encourage other people to keep opening themselves up to that vulnerability, to keep leaning into that vulnerability, because all of us want to be loved, to feel like we belong, to feel like we are completely seen and completely accepted by someone. And we can experience that with God in really special ways. But I think our spouse that we're having a sexual relationship with, that's the other, that's the one other place where we can be completely seen and completely loved. And that's so exciting to me. I love that. It reminds me of Dr. David Schnarch saying that marriage and sex in particular is a people growing machine because of that very thing that you just described, that it really forces us to grow, right? It challenges us in ways that we couldn't have understood before. Mm -hmm. It's so personal and it's so individualized to whatever 
we experience in our marriage. So thank you so much, Carly. Uh, You are wise. You are brave. uh, You're insightful. I'm so grateful that you have taken this really adventuresome journey in sharing research and insights and your values and beliefs and testimony of Jesus Christ with so many people and blessing their lives. Thank you so much, Salome. And thank Thank you for the work that you've done. I learned so much from you still and point people to your resources. You are very kind. Well, thank you, Carly. And we'll have to do this again. Yes, please. I would love that. Thanks, Shalom. That's it for this week. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Sexual Mindfulness Project and subscribe to our website, shalomlevitt.com to stay up to date with the latest information on sexual mindfulness. Thanks for listening.